your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel. There it is. (laughs) That is loud and obnoxious. Uh, Yeah, over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when a new show goes live. So. Like we said in the opening, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I should say, second year in a row, the Avs sweep their first round opponent. We've been here before. I don't think anybody, people are celebrating, but I don't think anybody is going, we're not popping the champagne right now uh, because we're familiar with this. So mm-hmm. now we get a nice long break. Guys like Darcy Kemper can really heal up and rest up. And you get prepared for round two, whether that is the St. Louis Blues or the Minnesota Wild. That series has all the makings of going seven. And you can look at that as a positive or a negative. It could be, you know, you are rested. They are going to be beaten and battered, but they won't have as much rust as the Avalanche will have on. We'll get to that later in the week because we're going to have some days where we don't have hockey in Avalanche (laughs) world. But for this one, Kyle, like this was, this was a good playoff hockey. Mm -hmm. There were two in this series, game two and game four, the overtime game. And obviously this game. And then, you know, the one, the odd number games were blowouts. The evens were, were good, close games. And the Avalanche, they gave up the lead for the first time in the series. And they just methodically continued to play their game. They didn't panic. They tied it with the Taves shot, and then they got the, they took the lead back at an empty netter. That's all she wrote. This is exactly what you wanted out of the Avalanche. Um, and we're talking like this was a close game. They still well, hung five goals on them, right? Like it, and also, let's not forget this is a. Frankie game. This is Pavel Francouz back there. This is not your number one. And mm-hmm. Nashville had everything to play for. Like, this was it. There was no, we'll get them next time. And the Avalanche, it took them at least two periods, but the third period they exploded. And you got the production from exactly who you wanted. And the whole series, like, if you go back and look at this, I think this was a better series than when we swept the Blues. Like, this was dominance in every form of the game. Oh, man. And, like, this is – we said the Avalanche were a good team all year, better than the 0-1 team. This is how you start proving that in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for games 1, 2, and 3, you were literally in charge the entire game. This was the first game where the Preds – it was a back-and-forth game. There were mm-hmm. times where, where the Predators had the advantage and were kind of, you know, riding that that, that home wave – and then the Avalanche would take over. But I don't think the, the Avs were not as in charge. When they were you know, really possessing the puck well, it wasn't as well as the previous three games. There mm-hmm. was a lot of getting it into the zone and firing a shot on net, which I'm fine with. 
because you still had Ingram and Net for them. They didn't want to pull the Soros card, which, okay, fine. So I get that. I mean, the Avs struggled. I don't want to say they struggled to get zone entries, but they struggled to maintain the zone. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't have those. They weren't cycling like we had, had been seeing. And I think that's a credit to, to Nashville kind of changing up their defensive schemes and not letting them do that. But like you said, in the third, it was that the third period was kind of back to what the Avalanche have been doing in this series and really taking command. And I say that knowing full well that they gave up the lead. But I think they knew that. I think they knew, like, okay, we're we're really starting to kind of control the the, the pace of play here. We gave up a goal on on a, a bad, a really bad. Uh, they, they were changing lines. And yeah. It was just at the worst possible time. I don't know why they were changing lines, and it led to a goal. Uh, so they were just like, all right, that's a mistake, and let's continue to play our game, and and you get the results that you get. The third period was fantastic for the abs yeah and you honestly you kind of had that feel like in the first two periods like the energy you kind of felt like the avalanche realized you know if we give a hundred percent we're hanging seven on these guys we don't have to do that tonight let's just kind of let's do our thing but we don't have to go out there and really strive and the first two periods were kind of slow it was kind of back and forth face-offs looked terrible the power play wasn't the greatest but that third period is when they realize, hey, you know what? We could put this away right here. And then you see that with the production and how everything kind of shaped up at the end and Frankie really solidifying his place between the pipes. Like the Avalanche took care of what they needed to and they found a way, no pun intended, but yes, yeah. they they found a way. Hash, hashtag intended. Hashtag intended. They found a way to win the game and do what they were expected to do. There's so many other series where you kind of scratch your head and you say, well, why is Washington and Florida tied up? Like this shouldn't be like this. Like there's no question surrounding this Colorado avalanche team. And that's what you want going into round two. And, and you win a, another game in another fashion. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it, it, I think if the Avs never trailed in this series, we would all be talking about that. Like, yeah, that's a, that's, that's amazing, and that's a great accomplishment and achievement. You, that's total dominance. Uh, but now looking back on it, it's good that the Avs were were down, <clears throat> and when they were down, yeah, it wasn't like Nashville scored a goal in the first five or ten minutes of the game. And the Avs had the rest of the game to play their style and come back in the game. Nashville scored that. It w- it was pretty. Where's where was the time on that? Let me see. Um, oh my uh, internet just went crazy. Hang on, let me bring up that. There we go. Um, that was in the third. That was four. So that was toward the beginning of the third. Wow, I thought it was later than that for some reason. So they did have some time to come back, obviously, mm-hmm. and they did. But the fact is, it was a third period uh, goal that they that they were trailing in the third. So all right. You know, and and this is you know, if they lost the game, you still feel good. You're heading back to Denver, commanding three to one lead. You go home. Like I think everybody would have thought they would have just wrapped up the series then, but no. Like this is the third period. We are going to fight this, and we we want to end this thing now. And it was a third uh, period deficit, and they overcame it. Yeah, this was a conversation we were having in the uh, Lockdown Avalanche uh, Twitter space. 
mm-hmm. like how it would be, wouldn't it, when the Avalanche were down, ironically enough, after ESPN put up the graphic that, wow, the Predators haven't led once this entire series, and then, of course, mm-hmm. they go out there and lead. Sure. Like, you say, well, wouldn't it be nice if they close out this series in front of the, the home crowd in Ball Arena? And I flat out, like, just said, no, <laughs> this hasn't even crossed their mind. Like, why in the world would you spend the last two weeks of the regular season resting literally everyone and yeah. worrying about being healthy and then want to play another game against Nashville? That's that's ridiculous. Like, there, there was not ever a thought of, well, if we drop this one, I guess we'll – no, 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 no. Yeah, they – you, you, the Avalanche did what they needed to do. They realized the task at hand. They're like, okay, we need a couple more goals. We need to get out of here. Fine, we'll do it. And you saw the passes get crisper. Like it was, it's exactly what you wanted. Uh, you mentioned uh, just in passing recent, a couple of minutes ago that you thought like the game seemed <clears throat> a little bit slow. I, I was, I was looking at it as like I, I was okay with their pace. Yeah. It was just it didn't seem like and you look at the shots on goal and the Avs were consistent throughout the game. 13, mm-hmm. 11, and 14. Uh but in the first, it just didn't have that feel like they had 13 shots on net. No. But they but they were I mean I, I, they knew that, you know, that this is the pace that they've been playing for this whole series. Why stop? They, they I thought the pace in the first and the second was okay. It was just they were struggling to create solid shoot like chances like yeah nashville was in the shooting lanes it was it was tough it was really tough and you saw i looked up the um the overall coursey for the first while and this is going off the top of my head because i don't have it in front of me but the the abs outshots nashville 13 to 6 the coursey was actually like 14 to 21 in favor of nashville <laughs> So Nashville was just throwing a ton on, yeah. not, not even a net, just throwing a bunch of shots. And I get that. You got to create something. And I, I that it didn't surprise me that much because what I was just kind of like watching was Nashville just seems to be really keeping up with Colorado in the first. And, and then to me, Nashville can't play that game over 60 minutes. They can't. No. It's, it's not their style. We know their style. And their style can't win a series against a team like the Avalanche. And it, when you say, like, when I said slow, I think we get kind of accustomed to the first three games. Like, yeah, it's not going to right. get close to 50 shots, and you're not going to have five goals in one period, and it's not going to be over before you even get to the first intermission show. Like, I think we got kind of spoiled there in that regard. But, like, a slower pace is still better Look around the league. Watch the full slate of games. Hey, we got nothing but time until the next series is settled. Like, the Avalanche plays such a far superior game to anyone else right now, currently in this first round. They play such a superior game to anybody else on the ice. Like, I think we get kind of spoiled. So when they take a step back and it feels pedestrian, look across the league. Like, it's – we're still, like, doing so much better. (laughs) Go watch like the Penguins and the Rangers. Mm-hmm. That that the speed of that game is nowhere near what the Avalanche can do. Nowhere near it. And if that happens to be a, a Stanley Cup final, that is going to be a problem. I mean, it's looking yeah. like Pittsburgh is going to take that series, but um, they can't keep up. Nobody can. So 
So that's kind of like the overall uh, summary, well, not summary, but how, you know, our take on the game. Let's hear from Bet Online, and then we'll kind of get into individual players, individual plays, and, and things like that. <clears throat> but first, BetOnline.net. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Base, baseball, baseball scores. There we go. Fights, and even the next. NLF Futures. Is that like a new football league, I'm assuming? That's not XFL. I think I'm, I think that's a... I don't know. I would have to look that up. Uh, BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's BetOnline.net where the game starts. <clears throat> all right. Um... Interesting start to the scoring of this game, anyway, where oh. Andre Burakovsky, and it was so funny, uh, Vargar in the comments was like, he hit the net. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually broke the net is how I responded yeah. to him. But um, very odd play. I mean, it did look like the angle of the puck, it went, through, it went in, um, but then you're like, maybe it didn't, uh, and play resumed. And typically, like they, they're they're looking at those all the time in Toronto. And and if they see something iffy, they'll stop play. They don't think they stopped the play until the puck was stopped, which whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they went back and and looked at it, and yeah, the thing went in. He roofed it, and it just continued on right through the net. I, I've never really seen that before. No, and I was I was joking in the Twitter space that uh, Berkey was actually aiming for the five hole, and that's why he. <laughs> And that's why and he, he, uh, he went high. <laughs> when he went high, so, um, but it was crazy. Like at first, you're like, when you see just kind of the puck rim around, you're like, yeah, Berkey missed it. And then you're yeah. like, wait a minute, did he actually put that in? And then when you look at the replay, there was not one single angle that said no, he did not. So you're like, wow, that was kind of neat. And then I, I said like, is this going to be a bad omen for the weirdness in the game? And of course, it was like a yeah. weird, shaky start. But like for Berkey to be the one to get the scoring started in that way, um, yeah, it was a little, a, little odd. A weird omen, like uh, Sandlot. He rips the cover <laughs> off the ball, and it's, it's a weird omen. So Berkey shooting a puck through the net is a weird omen. I, I, yeah, I guess. aiming five hole, of course. Yeah, I mean, don't look now. Andre Burakovsky with a, a three point game, right? And that was his uh, yeah. 18th uh, career playoff goal. And, like, that's something we forget about. Like, he does step up in the playoffs. Like, he does contribute. Like, that's... Well, yeah, and that and, and he's on the third line. And, and he, mm-hmm. should, he should embrace that. You know, I yeah. know you don't want to. And I saw a quote somewhere some during the day at some point where they asked him that. And he's like, now is not the time for, you know, to, to cry about this stuff. Like, we're all in a mission here, and wherever they want to put me is where they want to put me. Uh, and, and you should almost be like, okay, I know I am better than a third line forward, uh, so let me tear this up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and at least for, for that game, he did. Um, you had Kale McCarr just... Uh, mm. we, we like I've said before, we keep running out of, of words and terms for this guy, but he made another incredible 
Yeah, he. Uh, you said like we keep running out of words for Kale McCarr. I don't think we used uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious yet. Double. So I think. So, yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling yeah, it's well, not going to be the last time we hear about Disney in this episode either. No, probably not. Um, now, is actually the 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 uh, the play that he made was the go ahead goal. I'm sorry, the Taves mm-hmm. one was the tie goal. Um, and then he made a play. He loves making these moves along that left side board. Yeah, and he slipped a defender again. He is. I mean, he's a big guy. He's tall. Um, and the, the the way that he can maneuver past defenders is yeah. unmatched. And he did it again. And he just kept he kept going right down the left hand side. Beautiful cross ice pass to Valnichuskin. And that was uh, the game winner. And it was, I think it was the lone power play. I'm looking. I think it was the one power play Nashville had. No, they had two. Um, it was the first one. Kale McCarr brought in a puck shorthanded. It was making some like backwards moves and like was setting up like they were on the power play. And I was like, what is getting into you? Like, mm-hmm. just settle down, man. We got this. But he was a man possessed gonna, tonight. He's not going to stop. He nope. doesn't care. Like, like he he knows his skill set, and he knows what he, he knew he was going to do that long before it. You know, he he's got it planned out uh, on yeah. what he's going to do. Um, he was he was backing down that defender like one on one basketball, like you're driving you're to right. the hoop. He was just backing him down, backing him down, making that that forward play, yeah. and it just it looks so good. And I, you don't see that kind of stuff. Uh, you only, the only ones I've seen do it are him and and McKinnon does it sometimes too. Yeah, yeah um, true. But not a lot of people will chance that, especially when you're shorthanded. Uh, but overall, like the the Avs stars, the Avs names showed up. Mm-hmm. I want to say, God, I don't know, and I'm saying this lightly. I thought I thought I, I wanted a little bit more from Miko Rantanen in this in, in this series. He didn't really do much yesterday. Um, let me see what he had. He, he didn't have he did, anything. He did um, dive like and block a pass that would have been a surefire Nashville goal. I think it was in the first or if not early right. in the second. And it's one of those another one of those Miko you can't put that on the score sheet moments. Like he, he had no business doing that, but he knew in that moment he had to, or the Avalanche were going to be down early. Yeah. Um, and that that's where he was good. Like I mean, I think in this, I think he had five points in the series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he only had one shot on goal, as far as the stat sheet goes. He only had one shot on goal yesterday. Um, nothing, no, no goals, no assists. Um, and and it's just even on the power play, I thought he was a little bit gun shy. Didn't really want to take that. He was he was just waiting for that pass that he gets from McKinnon all the time. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, he seemed a little bit stagnant on the power play. So if that's my only gripe, it's, I think it's with how, how Miko played yesterday. Not that he played awful, but he just didn't like rise above everybody. Like you see Kale McCarr and the things that he's doing and what Nathan McKinnon is doing. Uh, even, even Devon Taves, what, you know, how, how he always plays all Val Nachuskin, you know, even some of these guys on like the fourth line who are, battling and forechecking and he just Miko's kind of just like his his cool calm cool collected self and you were like man if if you if he could match the energy that McCarr and McKinnon are bringing like this would have been over in the first you kind of wonder if he 
with his incredible hockey brain, realizes, hey, we're scoring like seven goals in the first game, seven in the third game, five tonight. Like, I don't really have to do this. Nathan McKinnon scored literally in every playoff game. Like, I'll just save this for round two. Let everybody have their day. I'll catch you when we get to the next round. I mean, I like, get, maybe, but he doesn't yeah. like in those like in those situations. You don't. It's not like from a lack of effort. No, from Miko. Like, if, no, I don't think it's like an effort. I think he was just cruising along, like in in his you know electronic vehicle while it, <laughs> while Kalen and Nathan McKinnon were you know in in their I don't know. It's those Kale and Nathan McKinnon are two players that love proving things about themselves. And like when it comes to their stature as a player, Miko's perfectly fine outside of the spotlight, just contributing wherever he does. If he's needed, he'll be there. If he's not, if everybody else has got the spotlight, he's perfectly fine. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like they were like, where are you? We need you like now because we're struggling. All, like I said, all their, their, their names were producing. And you look at the flip side, and where were they for for Nashville? I mean, Forsberg finally got a goal, which I think was his first. It was his first goal. Was that even his first point? He must have had an assist somewhere. I got to assume he did. It, I, I it had to be because Duchesne was getting everything else. Yeah, that's true. Duchesne did have a goal, so I'm sure he assisted. I don't have it in front of me, but whatever. But I know that was his first goal. Yeah. And that can't happen. You know what I mean? Like he can't have his first goal in the third period of game number four when your season is on the line. Yeah. So that's the difference in this series. The Avs superstars and stars stepped up, while the uh, the uh, Nashville Predators players did not. So yep. there you have it. And that's another advantage that Colorado has if they have one of those games where the stars don't produce. They're deep enough that even the like third and fourth lines can get you a goal here and there. So. Mm-hmm. Like tail the tape, avalanche win. So, all right, let's get to our sound check. Uh, this will be a good one. Obviously, the Avs sweep. So these will be uh, sweep related songs, and uh, you can go find these on the LOPN sound check playlist over on Spotify. After every game, Kyle and I give uh, songs that we feel best summarize the game. In this case, the sweep of the Nashville Predators. What do you got, sir? From the beloved Disney classic Mary Poppins, Chim Chimney, Chim Chimney, Chim Chim Cheru. <laughs> no, it's, it's like it's a sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Like it's is talking that, about the the life as like being <laughs> of a chimney sweep, but like, oh, is that the, the one where that's not the one where the like cleaning the room? The, no, like that's sugar. a spoon a spoonful of sugar. That's a spoonful of sugar. Okay. I mean, this I know the, one the where Chim Chimney one, but I, I can't. I'm trying to picture where it is in the movie. It's it's the chimney. Yeah, it's uh, where he's talking in, about how great. And... Oh, it's a good movie. It's, oh, I know it talking... is, but I haven't seen it in, in 20 years. He's talking about how great it is to like clean chimneys, and he's like, um, talk about the great views he gets to enjoy, and yeah, the chimney sweep world. But so a sweep it's... is as lucky as lucky could be. And Chim Chimney. Yeah, sing it. Right. It's gonna be stuck in your head. So this You're is welcome. now the, the second Disney song that you've gone with in a few days. So um, are, <laughs> dad are, mode are you, activated. I was going to say you you must be on a kick right now on Disney Plus or something. <laughs> it's uh, true. For me, uh, I uh, I don't know how 
my friends and I found this song and we found it back when it came out, which was in 2007. So why don't you put yourself in that state of mind? This is before the reboot. Uh, well, not not a reboot, but a, a, a you know, it came back from mm-hmm. the the 80s of Cobra Kai and Karate Kid and everything like that. Um, so this was 2007, and there there was a band called No More Kings, and they came out with a song called Sweep the Leg. And we all know Sweep the Leg, Johnny, and that is in the lyric. Um, go check out the video after you finish uh, with this episode of Lockdown Avalanche. Then type into YouTube, No More Kings, Sweep the Leg. The video, again, 2007, nothing's been said of of. Cobra Kai or Karate Kid back then, the video has all of them in it. And it's just a great video because that's the first time you saw all of them kind of back together again. Um, You just thought Karate Kid was done with these other, other than these like side stories that they had with, uh, I think, who was it? Jaden Smith or something like that. Yeah, and Hillary Swank. And Hillary Swank, which I think was a good one. But um, this was Johnny. Johnny's back. They even had Ralph Macchio in the video. Great, great song. Uh, obviously very fitting with what the Avalanche just did. And uh, Cobra Kai never dies. <laughs> in 2007, we thought we weren't going to see any more Star Wars or Ghostbusters. It's true. I mean, I, I love all the stuff that's coming back. Yeah. I'm loving it. They even brought Punky Bruce Brewster back there. That's true. Jeez. I, nothing is off limits right now. And the A team came back after that, too. They did. That didn't last too long, though, did it? Nope. I don't think no. Uh, Full House came back for like yeah. five or six seasons. I mean, this is it's a good time to be alive. And a new season of Rocco's Modern Life. When's that? It, it just came out. I think it was did last it year. Really? Yeah. I, I must have missed that. Wow. All right. Um, so go check all those those songs out and everything else that's on that list right now. Um, I'm wondering if for next year we start a brand new, like a volume two. Yeah. For, for next, because the playlist right now is getting quite long, which is fine. Uh, but I, I don't think we should just continue this. I think next year when the season starts, that's we'll start soundcheck volume two. So yeah, for now, go get volume one. All right. Um, <clears throat> we, we talked about camel car who apparently was getting Skittles thrown at him in the game towards the end of the game. I think when it was over, he said something about that, that Skittles were getting thrown at him. Uh, Shame on you, Nashville fans. That's kind of pathetic, but whatever. Um, Just go bang your car more. Take a sledgehammer to the car if you need to get out some anger. Don't throw Skittles at people. I was seeing that there were tickets going for $15. Are you kidding me? Um, that you could purchase playoff tickets for $15 that night. Wow. So I guess with that extra pocket money, they bought Skittles and decided to throw it away. Wow. Good on you, Nashville. Well, we don't have to deal with them anymore. So um, I know, you know, the, the and, and Camel Car was officially a Norris Trophy uh, finalist, obviously with Roman Yossi and Victor Hedman of Tampa Bay. Um we're, you know, clearly rooting for Camel Car and bias in the fact that we think he should win it. And not only bias that we think, he should, you know, it, there, there's reasoning behind why we think mm-hmm. he should win it. Not just because he wears the avalanche colors. Um, you and I were saying, and again, I'm not taken away from, from Roman Yossi's season. He had a very good season. But mm-hmm. if we're including Defender in this award, 
I would think you would put Hedman and Makar above Yossi and have Yossi third. Just my saying. Again, not, I don't, he had a great year. I'm, I'm happy that you had a ton of points, but how's your defense? Um, yeah. So having said that, and, and, and the voting is in, it's done for all the awards. Do you think there's some voters now watching what just happened in this series where, where Yossi only had a couple points and Makar, if not for Brad Marchand going off, would I, at one point we was leading the playoffs in points. Your, your mm-hmm. defenseman is leading the playoff in points. Do you think there's some voters out there right now who are saying, like, um, uh, maybe I got this wrong? You would hope not because, honestly, if you are voting for the best offender, like if you are looking on paper and saying best offender and then you don't immediately go start Googling stats just to find – because you're not going to quantify the best offender by scoring. It's kind of an oxymoron. Right. I mean, it's a part of it. It's a part of it, but that shouldn't be the – you go immediately Google sort who's got the most points. Ah, that's your best offender, of course. No, it's it's a lot of uh, hate to quote the recently fired Pierre Maguire, but it's the eye test. Um, <laughs> like Kale McCarr wins that hands down. Victor Hedman is better than Yossi, hands down. Defensively, um, without a doubt, yeah. So if you want to argue what metric you want to go by. It's best defender, and Kale McCarr checks the box on each category, whatever you want to quantify it. Like, if you want to go de- best defender, defender, that would be probably Hedman. If you want to go, yeah. If you want to go best offensive defenseman, maybe Yossi because of his points. Mm-hmm. If you want to go best defender, all the categories. Kale McCarr. If you want to do everything combined, yeah, the the all around best defenseman, that's Kale McCarr. And and so I mean, if your metric is Yossi had the most points, okay, well he had ten more points than than McCarr, and McCarr played in seventy seven games. And did did Hedman or excuse me, did Yossi play in every single game this year? I'm looking that up really quickly. Um, come on, let's load. He played in 80. Okay, so McCarr played in three less games. Not, not the, you're not going to catch up on that. But let's just say that, you know, McCarr had 97 points. Mm-hmm. Is that why you're going to put McCarr ahead of Yossi? Are you going to now vote for Kale McCarr because he has one more point than, than Roman Yossi? So is that – I mean, that is the sticking point here for so many voters is points, and you're not looking at anything else. I, yeah. I think it's a little bit ridiculous. I, I mean, I am preparing myself to, to for for Roman Yossi to win this thing. It just seems like that's where this voting is going, and I I just think it's wrong for the namesake of the award. And then when you look at what happened in the playoffs, and I know it doesn't come into play. I'm not trying to say it. It should. I'm not trying yeah. to say that because that's not fair to the you know like Alex Fo- or Adam Fox last year. They didn't even make yeah. the playoffs, and he, you know he he won the award. Fine. That's how it, that's how it should be. But I'm saying, like, just look at this, the matchup, but just these four games. You can't tell me that Kale McCarr is not the better player when it comes to defense and offense and everything in between. You can't tell me that. Yeah, and then this is where when most likely Yossi does win the Norris, 
because of that immediately Google find the most scoring and then check the box. Mm-hmm. When you see them go head to head in a series like this, the way they're going to get out of it is, well, with a team like Colorado, how can you yeah, that's not the argument? And then Yossi is doing that with such a bad team. It's amazing. It's Yossi's the reason they even got to the playoffs. But and that's how they're going to get out of that and then wipe their hands and dust it off. And Again, that's not how you're supposed to vote. Nope. You're not, you're not supposed to vote that way. It's tales old as time. I've yeah. seen it before. Yeah, <laughs> Another sure. Disney reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I mean, you're feeling pretty good if, if you're an mm-hmm. Az fan. You you got this series out of the way, but like I said in the beginning, this is not this is not what you what you set out to achieve at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I, I don't think any of us were expecting a, a sweep. You, fi- you figured that Nashville would get one here or there, uh, but the fact that the Az for the second year in a row swept their first round opponent, okay, this this is this is. Uh, you know, the, the sequel that we're living yeah. through right now. Let's not have the ending be the same. Got so, 12 more to go. 12 yeah, more to go. Exactly. And they know that. And they know that. And, and, and they use last year as encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't not want to talk about it. It's like, no, we don't talk about that. It's like, no, we're going to talk about it. We're going to remember it. And we're going to use that as motivation. Similar to the O one one team. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where they Mission 16W came from. They were down. Yeah. So uh, we got a, a probably a week off. Because um, if, if this went seven, your your game seven would have been Sunday. So, uh, you know, now it just kind of gets thrown up in the air and you have to watch that St. Louis and Minnesota series, see how long that goes. And then when we get the time and dates and well, we know it's going to be at Ball Arena game one. We'll get settled in for round number two. But until then, Kyle and I will be back tomorrow. We'll keep talking about whatever we feel like talking about because uh, we're on cloud nine right now. Moving to round two. Uh, all right. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciate it. Go check out. Definitely go check out Locked on NHL for your second listen of the day. Get caught up on everything going on around the league involving the playoffs. Until tomorrow, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go! Go, Abs, go!